Well, well, well. Look who found their way back into Tony G Studios. Here we go. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G, and this is the eighth and final season of the Tony G Show. Mm-hmm. Episode one of season eight. The last return. One last return for you and me, Will. It's our last first episode of a new season. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. How was your off season between season seven and season eight? It was nice. Good break. You went to Utah, went out yep. west. I, well, I actually went to uh, Colorado, Colorado Ski Club. Okay. Yeah, I was going to go to Utah, but just things didn't really work out. But yeah, it was a fun time. Good break. Got some good skiing and enjoyed the mountain life for a little bit. Good for you. So hopefully get back out there. Yeah, yeah. I, you seem to mix well. You seem to jive well with the West, West Try Coast. Try to, yeah. yeah. That feels good. like the West West Coast, like a California or Nevada or something like that. But like that right in Western between. Western interior. That range. Yeah. Yeah, you seem like. The Rockies. My uh, my break was good. Yeah. Thanks. Don't yeah. ask. That's I was okay. wondering. I was just, I was just getting to it. I <laughs> it was, was good. It. No, it was good. I know what you did over break. What did I do? You made a website. I made a website. That's correct. And it's. Up now, you can catch everything that has to do with the Tony G Show, from podcast episodes in chronological order being updated to information on what the podcast is about. You can find information on me as a broadcaster, my public address announcing, what I've done professionally, my experience, and a bunch of pretty handsome pictures of myself, if I must say. No comment. I got to go look again. (laughs) (laughs) The first look wasn't as good, but anyways, the Tony G Show does have a website. I have a website for my professional work. It's called TonyGNation.com. How conveniently named is that? Being part of Tony G Nation, like all of these beautiful members of Tony G Nation are, like Will is, like I am. Tony G Nation strong. TonyGNation.com for everything Tony G Show and any of my professional work as well, all my experiences up. But like I said, this is the first episode of the eighth season, Will. And we got a good season planned. We got another 25 episodes set to get underway here before you know we call it quits before we graduate and move on to real jobs and stuff like that instead of just like podcasting and whatever but i mean i might continue the podcast i don't want to say that the podcast is going to shut down and i'm never going to do it again Mm -hmm. but i mean the tony g show as we know it you and i as the partnership the podcast everything once this season concludes it'll be yep kind of a remodel period where uh so i I mean regardless let's get into it this is going to be the eighth season and the final season Episode number one today, our one last return. What are we going to talk about? Well, I hate to do it. It's a couple topics that we don't want to talk about. But when we concluded in season seven, we were discussing, we were previewing the playoffs. We didn't really know when season eight would start. So we, we were going to give predictions on the Super Bowl. We're not going to talk Super Bowl today. We're going to wait until it gets closer to Super Bowl time. Today, we're going to talk about the gut-wrenching loss of the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. I, I have to. I mean, I just can't leave this out in the open and then not talk about it. I mean, there's so much in the air of what's going to happen next for the Packers, for Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to retire? Is he going to be traded? Is he going to? And the Packers are broke. I mean, they have no budget whatsoever. And then there's names like Devontae Adams, even Alan Lazard, Devondre Campbell, some of these big names who are kind of floating in this gray space, in this gray area. We don't really know what's going to happen. So we do have to talk about that to start off this season. It's kind of gloomy. It's kind of. You know, it hits home. But we'll talk about it in the first segment. Segment two, as of today, the day of this recording, it is February 1st, and Tom Brady has officially announced his retirement. He did it on a thread, a couple threads on Twitter. 
of all these captions and stuff, thanking the Patriots, thanking the Bucks, thanking his family. And he officially announced his retirement. We'll talk about that. And reporting these days as, you know, it came out he was going to retire over the weekend. And then he said, well, I'm not actually going to retire. And then like three days later, he said, well, I'm going to retire. So we'll talk about reporting and, and how this all protocol uh, goes in that segment as well. And then segment number three, we're trying something new here on the Tony G Show for this last season. And like I said, when I continue this podcast, whenever I do so after graduation, after the Tony G Show gets its remodel, this might continue because I really like this idea. We're going to try this segment. It's going to be called Wisconsin Sports Team Highlight, and we're going to pick a Wisconsin team and highlight them. We may not do it every episode, but when we do it, it'll just make it that much more special. Today, I want to talk about Badgers basketball because the Wisconsin Badgers are in the midst of a very impressive season, and I did not expect it. Yeah, I, did not, I mean, they're ranked top 15. They're almost top 10. They beat some impressive teams. They've had some losses that are questionable. You know, that Providence loss at the start of the year, but... Also losses that were good. I mean, uh, Michigan State loss where they didn't have one of their players. We'll talk about that in that segment. New segment, Wisconsin sports team highlight. It'll be kicked off tonight with Wisconsin Badgers basketball. What do you think? That's uh, the layout for our first episode back. Yeah, I'm ready. You Let's ready to it. get into it? It's going to be yeah. gloomy. You know, these first well, couple segments, they're not going to be like ideal topics. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what pans out this first topic in a month, <laughs> but I'll remain optimistic. We will remain optimistic. Cautiously optimistic i think no, is the radical. phrase to use yeah radical optimism <laughs> <laughs> cautious radical one way this way that's mm-hmm. will mccormick on tony g this is the return of the tony g show welcome back tony g nation you are listening to the eighth and final season of the tony g show eight seasons of laughs memories and sports are coming to an end Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Check out more from Tony G at TonyGNation.com. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's your host, Tony G. That's our new intro. Uh, Another thanks to Troy Frisk for helping us out again this season. He was with us last season, season seven, doing the intros and stuff like that. And he's back at it again. That's our new and improved intro. I hope you like it. Good to have him back. It is good to have Troy back. I couldn't do intros that well. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) I think you doubt yourself more than you deserve. He's pretty good. Give yourself some more credit. You're right. Troy is pretty good, though, and we thank him for all the help he gives us here on the Tony G Show. Let's get into it with the gloomy topic of the Green Bay Packers. I'll be honest, you know, coming from a Wisconsin sports market, I don't want to show any bias here, but it just seemed like the script. Like if sports were scripted, yeah. the Green Bay Packers were going to win the Super Bowl this year. Because, you know, at the start of the season, it all started with Aaron Rodgers coming back and that whole controversy. Is he coming back? What's he going to do? Is he going to sit out or whatever? He comes back after posting, you know, some cryptic last dance in reference to Michael Jordan, the last dance documentary on Instagram with Devontae Adams, as if to almost say that this is going to be the last time Aaron Rodgers and Devontae are going to team up in Green Bay to pursue a a Super Bowl. So they have this great season, you know, ups and downs and all the ebbs and flows. Rodgers is under scrutiny. It seemed like 18 weeks out of the year, out of the season, because, you know, it's 18-week season. So it seemed like every, every week he was under scrutiny for this or that. And somehow the Packers, for the third consecutive year, managed... To win 13 games. Mm-hmm. Matt LaFleur, Pretty impressive. 39 wins in three yeah. years. And, you know, not it's not guaranteed because 
we'll see how it pans out. But good good odds for another MVP race. Yeah, winner. Exactly. It, it's hard to hard to post that up three years in a row, and to follow that up another year is going to be interesting to see how they do that. I mean, talking about scripts, it's almost movie esque for the Packers to to draft Jordan Love. Yep. What everybody assumes is going to be Aaron Rodgers' replacement in two, three years' time. And ever since that day, Aaron Rodgers goes berserk, wins 26 regular season games, 27 if you count that Rams win in the playoffs, wins an MVP, puts up a campaign that many assume is going to be another MVP season. He's competing with Tom Brady. I mean, yeah, we'll too, we'll see how it pans out. It's kind of it's a good race this year. Yeah, it's it, fun to watch. I, I don't know. I'm not going to make an argument for or against Aaron Rodgers MVP. Yeah. I didn't do that prep for for this particular no. segment. But just to talk about the type of play Aaron Rodgers has had for the last two seasons, ever since the Packers drafted his replacement, and I use quotations around replacement because it seems like Aaron Rodgers has no intentions on declining in play, declining in ability. It's been like literally superhuman yes. that, that he's played at at that for two years in a row. Yeah. Some of these throws that he makes, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Like nobody else can do it. So it goes for this argument that we're talking about here that it seemed like the script just had had this in mind. The mm-hmm. Packers were going to win it. Aaron Rodgers could potentially walk off into the sunset, retire with a ring. Devontae could pursue free agency and whatever happens with the Packers happens because they got a Super Bowl ring. And they have Jordan Love. So it just seemed like the script was in the favor of the Packers. And then that all came crashing down. They get a first round bye. They host the San Francisco 49ers, who they get. And it's just one of those teams that when they win their playoff game, you just immediately think to yourself, this is going to be a tough matchup for the Packers. It happened last year with the Buccaneers mm-hmm. because of what happened in the regular season when, when the Packers played them. Again, the Packers beat the 49ers earlier this season, but they played them. It was a close game. Had to do it on the last second field goal, and it just had that vibe yep. that this was going to be a tough matchup. It's one of those teams that they just they match up really well with, and it's always fun to watch. But as a fan of one of the teams, it's always nerve wracking. Correct. And just to your point too, just thing saying about things that you know just seem to happen that it's just it seemed like the season. So first of all, you have Devondre Campbell playing one of the best middle linebacker seasons that the Packers have had, and since AJ Hawk, I mean, in over, I think over a decade, I'd almost literally because I mean AJ Hawk was good, yeah, but he but wasn't. Devondre Campbell, first year in Green Bay, he's an All Pro, yeah. first team All Pro, right? So that's pretty amazing, and to have that piece, that's that's something that they like they would just get gashed by every year. George or uh, Kittle right up the middle every time, just toasted, and that rhymed. Um, <laughs> but then also having the play of Rasul Douglas, and I know everyone harps on him, and and just how amazing he played this season. But just to put it in perspective, I and I don't have the stats up right now, but there was a stretch of the season where he was on pace with Charles Woodson for his defensive player of the year, the year that he won that in, I think, in 09. He had very similar stats to Woodson oh, in that yeah. year. So just to put that into perspective of how crazy of a stretch he had, it really seemed like you had all these little pieces, minor players, stepping up and making big plays and making you know a name for themselves and... Guys like I, I believe both of them are on one year deals, right? So Yeah, yeah. They both have to be looked at in terms of contract extensions mm-hmm. this year. It's so interesting that we bring up names like this, AJ Hawk, Charles Woodson, mm-hmm. and whether you really do think in your heart that you can compare these players to them. Yeah, I mean that I'm just saying stats wise, that's where they were. I understand. But the argument that I want to make here is that 
What happened when you put AJ Hawk and Charles Woodson on a team? The right. Last, they won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then they get this matchup. I compare the 49ers to the St. Louis Cardinals in baseball because they're that t- they're that streaky team that when they get rolling and they really find their groove, look out because you're not you're not going to match up well against them no matter the amount of talent you have, the amount of coaching you have. It just seems like they always have that one niche in their game that always propels them to the next level. And I know there was a lot more plays that could have won the game, but when you boil it down to what really caused the game, it was a blocked field goal and a blocked punt. Yeah, it was special teams. There were a lot of plays that could have been made on the offensive side of the ball to win the game, but those two plays are what caused that game. You know, putting up 10 points. That, and that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. They had a lot of opportunity to, to put that game away. We'll, we'll talk about the, the, but, the sequence of events in just about 60 seconds here. You know, I do I, on Twitter, follow me on Twitter, Tony G Nation. I tweet three post-game thoughts. I've been doing it for every playoff game uh, so far throughout the playoff season. I might just do it for all sports, you know, whatever, whatever I can. Whenever I watch sports, I'll just put it in a three post-game thoughts. That's regardless of the point. I did three post-game thoughts like I usually do for the Packers in that divisional round. Here's what they were. Thought number one, I said, Rashawn Gary in the pass rush had a monster game, especially all the sacks on third down early on. I mean, it was – it just – they had – that fierceness in their game, especially with Sean Gary, someone who was criticized in that first rookie year that when is this guy going to develop? When is he going to play well? When is he going to start making his name heard? And he, he is really starting to come into his own. And to your point, I, I was there. I was at Lambeau. Yeah. Um, watching Gary walk off post-game, could tell that he was hurting. Not hurting, but just like really disappointed because he oh, played internally. You know? Internally, yeah. just just you know, disbelief that that is how that game panned out. He did everything he could. He did. And he played his heart out. And just to point out that that's only motivation for him at this point. Yeah. And he's only been improving. Yep, that's a good point. But furthermore, it was more than Rashawn Gary. It was the entire pass rush. It was Kenny Clark. Dean Lowry had a good day. Without a doubt. I mean, Zadarius, first game back. First third down, gets a sack. I mean. Yeah, you know, the pass rush had an excellent game. Mm Mm-hmm. It did dis- disappear in the last in the fourth quarter, just and not that like yeah. you know not that the defense didn't stop the 49ers because they did, but just to make you know one extra play and push them back could have been the difference. To too. that point, my second thought and my three post game thoughts was that the defense was solid in that first half, but then they got gashed after halftime. And I'm talking in the run game, mm-hmm. you know, it just seemed like they couldn't get that stop. It started to turn the you watch that first half and it was like this defense is really doing their job. Once this offense starts to get rolling for the Packers, they're going to win this game. Offense never really did that, and the defense in the second half started to look like the defense that you saw when they lost to the 49ers in the last postseason game that they played with them, that they that you've seen the Packers kind of play that defensive game, where they give up every run is six yards, seven yards, and then it's a first down, and then it's five yards, and then it's eight yards, and then it's a first down. It just seemed like they couldn't contain at the line of scrimmage in that second half, so that's where my second thought comes from, and and I got I got feedback too, that that uh, someone didn't like the the term gash because you know they did their job and they held them to no offensive and which you know and I, yeah. I did clear it up on Twitter that you know I I don't mean that they were completely weak. No, you know if I'm gonna bash on the Packers defense, you'll know when I'm bashing on the Packers yeah, defense. I'm, I've done it in the past. It's almost too much to say you can only give up six points in a game. That's pretty exactly. pretty like that's. I mean, you, it's hard to ask for more than that. It's being picky, I know, but yeah. 
it's something that played into the game. Mm-hmm. I, you know, granted, they did get that huge stop on the fourth down. Yep. But, you know, the, the 49ers were starting to scheme up some runs. They put Trent Williams, their left tackle, in motion. You know, he made himself eligible as a receiver, which allows him to be put in motion pre-snap. And that is a misdirection. Defense doesn't really know where the play is going. And so, I mean, it was a good scheme offensively yeah. from the 49ers. And I would say, too, that I'm definitely going to acknowledge the fact that the defense gave the offense every opportunity to win that game. Oh. And so that was not a defensive failure. Third thought, you know, we talk about offense and defense, and we mentioned it a few moments ago. The special teams unit was a joke all year. That yeah. was my third thought. That's all it said. And it was true. I mean, how many times did I say in post-game thoughts, figure it out on the, on the special teams unit, figure it out on the kicking unit, that game against Cincinnati where yeah. Mason Crosby missed like eight field goals. It's like, come on, right. figure it out. But more than that, more than the block punt, more than the block kick, more than all those miscues, how about the Packers special teams unit allowing opposing teams to start from the 40-yard line yeah. every drive on a kickoff, on a punt? It seemed like they always got... And, I was at, and, and it's not just this game. It was the Vikings game. It was the Bears game where every... If you get some speed on the return unit against the Packers kicking team, right. you're going to start a drive from the 35, 40-yard line. And, the, and Near midfield. Kind of the sad fact, too, is that they were good punts. Like, from where that punt landed... If yeah. there was good coverage, that would have been a different game. I think it was more of a coverage problem than, you know, in, in the past it's been J.K. Scott will muff one or two, <laughs> and then it's like, well, they're, just, they're starting at, you know, at our 45. Like, yes. that's no good. To that different point, case. To that point, Corey Borges had a great season. Yes. And that that blocked punt, it's so hard because it's like you want, you know, that's a shortened, I, I don't think he, I think he was backed up in the end zone. Yep, yep, he was. And I, you know, watching replays of it, there was just if someone just chipped yeah. the block, if someone just you know shoulder nudged or just check somebody just to knock off that balance and that momentum, it, then Bohorkas would have got that punt off. It seemed like all year, you know, there's been problems, and this is where it finally reared yeah. its ugly head. Yeah. And just to the point of you know looking at that blocked field goal at halftime, some things that just stood out to me right away has. Dean or not Dean Lowry has Tyler Lancaster normally been been Tyler in Lancaster. on kicks? I and he lined up wrong. Yep. I don't under and, and you know that he's could a be, defensive lineman, right? That could be um, personnel issues, so offensive line injuries, and yeah. just trying to save. They've had a battle, a so that beaten offensive line all year. But I don't know if that's why he landed on that unit. But like, I don't know. It, it, you know, he's like such a big guy. Yeah. Well, and you're paid you're professionally with. to coach these guys into how to do something so routinely and i understand that in a game day atmosphere it's a little bit different but how do you not have all season to figure it out and then have such a massive failure like that well you know it, it is coaching yeah you know i can Without a doubt. I, I, i've said it for years you're not going to win a super bowl with someone like tyler lancaster no. starting on your defensive line so i've always been critical of him but i don't think you know it is a coaching issue more that last kick of the game, Robbie Gold kicks the game-winning field goal. 49ers advance. How many players did the Packers have on the field yeah. defensively to block that kick? Ten. You are allowed 11, and you had 10 out there. I'm What? It Yeah. It, it's just really amazing that they're able to have so many miscues. Before, I don't know why it took this long, but, but before we started recording today, again, February 1st, 
the Packers and Matt LaFleur announced that they have let go Maurice Drayton, their special teams coordinator. So there's going to be a new special teams coordinator. But it, it's been a special teams problem. I don't want to harp on this for 15 right. minutes, but it's been a special teams problem for years for the Packers. They've always had well, bad uh, stop, contain on opposing teams' kick returns. They've always had bad punting with J.K. Scott. I mean, it's like right. you draft a punter and – it's got to release them three years later. Yeah, it's hard to say like how bad the contain aspect of punting has been for years because usually JK punts it and it goes out, you know, at the forty, and it's like, well, <laughs> don't need to cover. And so maybe <laughs> exactly. they haven't been focusing on finding guys who can do that. But it's hard to. I mean, at some point, it's like, is the coaching totally at fault for just guys not being able to tackle either? You know, like yeah. coaching definitely helps without a doubt. We would not be thirteen and three right now without Matt Lafleur. That is without a doubt. But. It certainly feels like special teams was the reason that game was lost. So there is changing going on within the coaching staff, not just that, the special teams thing. Nathaniel Hackett is out as the offensive coordinator. He's in Denver mm-hmm. now. Uh, you know, they upgraded, they promoted, that's what I'm looking at. They promoted Stenovich to the offensive, from offensive line to offensive coordinator. You A know, running, running focused uh, offensive coordinator, mind you. Yeah. It, it, they lost someone to the Bears as well. So mm-hmm. there's change going on. So. That's a perfect segue to what's next for the Packers, for Aaron Rodgers, for Devontae Adams. And I got to start with Aaron Rodgers before we get into the Packers. We'll go Aaron Rodgers, we'll go Packers, and then we'll go Devontae Adams. And then other players, Campbell, Lazard, and such. Aaron Rodgers, you know, here's the things he's mulling, and he said it out loud. Pat McAfee show or post-game press conferences or whatever it might be. He's mulling retirement. You know, there's still an offer for a trade Probably going to be on the table, you know. If he says to the Packers, "I want to be traded," he's going to get traded. Yeah, and I think it would be a draft day kind of scenario. I don't know that it will be. He said it's going to take a couple of weeks, so I'm expecting mm-hmm. before February for sure. But who knows? Uh, that he could also stay with the Packers. Uh, there's that article that just came out. Ian Rappaport had an article where he, again, the, the term we mentioned it in the open, cautious optimism mm-hmm. of the Green Bay Packers on if they're actually going to keep Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers has taken some time. He stayed in Green Bay. This is the Ian Rappaport article via the NFL Network where he stayed in Green Bay a couple days after the loss. He didn't just bolt out of town. He had some conversations with the Packers' front office, with Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekunst, and starting to really devise a plan for whatever he decides to do. So it's just a matter of decision now. Does he want to stay in Green Bay? Does he want to be traded, try and, you know, the Tom Brady thing where he gets a breath of fresh air in a new organization or does he just want to not play at all and retire and call it quits you know if he wins a second mvp and feels like he has nothing else to prove that that'd be his fourth mvp he got a super bowl ring and didn't get back to a super bowl because of special teams botched in 2014 with the onside kick special teams botched in 2021 although you know i mean right and only putting up the 10 points or whatever but i get it but what's what's next i i if he gets traded i'd say denver i'd say he could probably go to denver they wouldn't win though i don't know that i don't know that that's a given Losing nathaniel Vaughn hackett Miller. you know he loves nathaniel hackett right he's a new head coach there in denver they got a good defense he said he doesn't want to go to a rebuilding team right the broncos are just kind of like just kind of getting out of that rebuilding phase they have a lot of good wide receivers I, I mean, are you, are you really going to say the, the personnel? A bit of an upgrade, but the personnel in Denver is not drastically better than in Green Bay. It's not like he. It's not like he would be a Stafford transplant where it's like, okay, well, Super yeah, Bowl team. Exactly. And Denver's not Los Angeles, where the Rams can go, you know, trade for Von Miller, can go right. pick up Odell Beckham, can go pay all these guys. But 
to that point, I mean, is anywhere a better situation than Green Bay for him to win? If he really wants to win another Super Bowl, is his best chance going somewhere else? Or is it staying here, reworking contract things to get other players and other talent signed again and then try making another run? Yeah. His best shot is probably here in Green Bay. Yeah. And in all in all seriousness, it's probably Green Bay. And to your point, just to add to that argument, I'd really and you know, maybe you disagree, but I really don't see him sharing the retirement light with Brady. Mm-hmm. I know that they're not like arch nemesis or anything, but I don't see him being like, Yeah, I'll retire too. You know, I, I just I, and maybe I agree. But I, I really don't see that panning out like that. There has always been that subconscious and kind of quiet feud between those two they're not going to say it out loud they'll meet in the post game if they play each other and shake right. each other's hands and you know they'll always be respectful to each other mm-hmm. but behind the curtain you know it, it, tom brady's post game press conferences or whatever you know when he's interviewed on the field what does he always say hi mom hi dad love you i'll see you soon who is the one quarterback that has family issues now i'm not going to get into it and say you know because i don't know nothing about that right. he doesn't talk much about it but it's always seemed like Brady has that little niche. Like he'll always say to kind of – because he knows that that debate is there between yeah. Brady and Rodgers. And so he'll always say, I love Good you guys. and lucky. <laughs> he'll always, we'll talk Tom Brady next in the second segment. But it seems like he always takes that, that dig at Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers will always try to – you know, he doesn't want to share that spotlight with Tom Brady. And especially with Big Ben retiring too. I mean, Aaron yeah. Rodgers. I mean, with, with three guys retiring, Rodgers wouldn't get that big legacy talk and – and walk out the door like he probably wants. What about the Green Bay Packers? And I'll say it bluntly. I'm going to say it like it is. They're in cap hell. Mm-hmm. They have no budget. They're $44 million over, over budget. And there's a lot that they can do. I mean, yes. starting for one, if they can restructure Rogers' contract, that'd be $25 million right there. 25 some. I don't know exactly what it is. but I think it's like 40 Okay. Well, yeah, there you go. That would See, be like... But if you work that... Yeah. Okay. And, you know, it... it Kind of a calming thought here on Twitter. Andrew Branch, who used to work in the Packers front office, who now speaks on behalf of executives and stuff like that. He tweeted out that, you know, he was asked what are his thoughts on what the Packers are going to do. And he said, he used to work in this front office for Green Bay. And he said, they always have a plan. Yeah. It may seem like things are out of control. They know what they're going to do. It's just a matter of if Aaron Rodgers is going to want to, and I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. here, this isn't a direct quote, but it's right. just a matter of what Aaron Rodgers is going to do and then what plan the Green Bay Packers are going to fall into. So th- there's a plan in place. Yeah. That's kind of a relaxing thought. That It's not like, you know, that scene from SpongeBob in his head where all the SpongeBobs are running around in the office space in their cubicles and everything's on fire. That's not what the front office is like in the Green Bay Packers. They have a plan and they have a direction no matter what's going to happen. And it's probably going to involve the hope of some team-friendly deals. Yep. 100%. But in that case, it would be, you know, Rodgers being fully aware that, like, yep, we have basically – limited time team friendly deals let's make some crazy try to make some crazy trades happen that it's, you know and picking up losing guys like Lazard it's like he's not a um he's not an attractive player like he's not going to go out and make some like he's not a superstar no but he also wins the plays you know the trenches that create those he does those the big small plays. things yes he blocks like he's supposed to he runs routes like he's supposed to yeah. he practices so he's one of those players that you know, a veteran quarterback is going to fall in love mm-hmm. with because yep. he's not someone who's going to steal the spotlight no. or try to. He'll make the play. But even like, you know, yeah. Devondre Campbell on a one-year deal, he's right. now a first-team a first team All-Pro. He's going to want to get paid, and rightfully so, but the Packers 
But then, you know. and on, on the flip side, you look at players like Rasul, who, like, you know, reportedly was like, I'm not going to ask for much more than the minimum, which he certainly deserves a lot more than the minimum. I believe he's yeah. technically a veteran now. He's been I, in the league for... I'd have to look at his experience, but played yeah. for a couple seasons with Philly yep. prior to this and then bounced around, but... Maybe there's a culture change where they're just like, you know what, you guys, let's like try to put something together here. I mean, that's really wishful thinking. That's not that's like radical positivity that we talked about yeah. prior. Optimism. Yeah. Optimism. Yeah, yeah. But okay, I don't know. Let me throw this out at you. The whole Razul Douglas thing, and we'll just mm-hmm. mention it quickly and move on to Devontae Adams. It's the same thing that Brashad Breland. You remember him? Yeah. Yeah. Had he yep. had a, he really impressed in his. In a year when the Packers picked him up, didn't think that he would make that much of an impact. Mm-hmm. And he said in the postseason, of course, after a playoff loss, all the Packers have to do is throw a check at me, mm-hmm. and I'll sign it, and I'll yeah. play here. And, and they he, didn't do it. Yeah. He left, went to Kansas City, yep. and played in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. Money talks. Money talks. So, I mean, maybe Razul will try that same thing where he right. goes and joins a team where he's going to get paid I, and have a chance to win a Super Bowl. I Who mean, knows? would you not? It's hard. To, it, the Packers, all they have to do is throw a check his way, and he'll, he'll sign. So we'll see what happens. That, Like I said, the Packers have a plan from from what we hear. Mm-hmm. Now, Devontae Adams, this is where it gets tricky because you are $44 million over your budget if you're the Green Bay Packers. Before ever even, even touching Devontae Adams' contract situation, his contract is up. If you don't do anything, he's going to be a free agent. And he wants to get paid reportedly $30 million a year. Wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Should Rightfully be. so. I mean, yeah. he's top two not to. We've been saying it for years, and we've been yep. seeing it. He's just the best at his craft. But what are the Packers? And there's talks they're going to franchise tag him because they can't pay him $30 million a year mm-hmm. with the cap space that they have. Well, you can't franchise tag him either because that's going to cost $20, 30000000 million alone. And I think you also have to consider, I think there's going to be a lot of like a lot of minor restructuring going on. Yeah. I believe if like if they sign Kevin King, they like re-sign him for an additional year, they save like 20, no, not 20 million. A lot of money. Couple maybe a couple million, maybe a couple hundred thousand. But I think we're going to see a lot of those kind of things where it's like, why the heck are they extending him? But it's like, it actually in some scenarios saves them money. Mm-hmm. Will McCormick, the money guy at the Tony G show as well. So, but it's like, to that yeah, point, we, the, how many, we've already seen Devon, uh, David Bakhtiari take a pay cut. Right. So yeah, how, how, how many more pay cuts are you going to ask a guys too? It's a tough situation. It's a tough situation. They're, yeah, it's a bummer because they're kind of, and we've said this a thousand times, but it's hard to win with a team with a lot of experienced players. You kind of need players like Rasul to come up and it's like, who is this guy? And he makes yeah. crazy plays and it's yep. Devondre Campbell. You know, that was, you know, he's been a good player in the league for a while, but hard to find guys like that that just cheap and they are an all pro. Yeah. You know, well, if if De- I do want to mention this before we move on, if Devontae Adams doesn't come back mm-hmm. to the Packers, possible landing spot, look out for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, played at Fresno State with Derek Carr, has a good relationship with him. That's the team that made the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. New head coach and Josh McDaniels. It could be an attractive option for free agents like Devontae Adams. And a lot of ex-Packers have gone to the Raiders. Actually, you look at James Jones. Cobb had some interest with them a long time ago. Seems Nelson, there's Jordy Nelson. Jordy, yeah. So yeah. there's been a lot of, for whatever connection to, ex-Packer receivers and the Raiders. Yeah, and that 
Yeah, I, the Raiders does seem to be like we, one of those options. It's, it's Seahawks always have that. Type yeah, of... and we, you know, without a doubt, Devontae is one of the best route runners we've seen. But you also cannot deny the fact that he's played with one of the best quarterbacks of all time. That's true. One of the best throwers of all time. Mm-hmm. We'll put it like that. Okay. So you, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, Devontae is really good. He's really good, and I'm not denying that. I'm just saying that it helps to have a good quarterback too. Any receiver would agree with that. Speaking of good quarterbacks, this is a good transition point because, as we mentioned in the open, Tom Brady has announced his retirement oh, from the NFL. Good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I had that same thought. Not because, you know, it, it makes me feel almost spoiled, but it's like, dude, get the heck out of here already. You know, just from a, a perspective of this dude is going to play another year. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the playoffs. He's going to make a deep run. He's going to, you know, he's going to make another MVP type push and he's potentially going to knock your team out of the playoffs like he's done every single year of his career. So that's the only reason I say that. But first off, before we get into the Tom Brady thing, let's talk about reporting and how this all works because it was reported by Adam Schefter, Jeff Darlington at ESPN over the weekend on Saturday that Tom Brady was going to retire and call it quits before Tom Brady ever said anything, before the Buccaneers ever said anything. And so it actually came out that Tom Brady was mulling not retiring. He said he goes back and forth every day and said on if he's actually going to retire or if he's not going to retire. And then a few days later, today, he's going to call it quits. Did so in a long thread. But what about the reporting here? I mean, is there any is there any shame to be cast at throwing things out there when it's not ready to be reported? Yeah, it's an interesting. I mean, it's an interesting I, dynamic that exists between the reporting side of, you know, the sports world and the players. Because are you going to tell me that some of those, there's not a player out there that gets a little bit of enjoyment from, like, messing with the media a little bit? Oh, yeah. Bill Belichick has been known to to do that. He said that. I mean, it's probably pretty likely that, you know, Rodgers is kind of like, well, let's kind of drop I'm, them a little... You know, I, I'm always one to give benefit of the doubt to a, to a reporter. You yeah, know, yeah, right. Try to I mean, break into this industry. You know, I. It's like when they ask a question or whatever, and and players get mad at them asking. It's like that's their job. They're supposed to ask you about these types of things. Mm-hmm. They want your thoughts. They want your quotes. They're trying to write a headline to feed their family too. So I always try to give the benefit of the doubt. But ever since the whole Kobe Bryant thing, it, you know, it really shed light to me that some of these news sources are just trying to be the first. To report on things, mm-hmm. you know, ABC came out and said this many people died in the crash. These many people were involved. TMZ came out and said their own things. You know, it, it just seemed like all these news sources kind of flooded to the scene and said a bunch of different things. None of them were the same, but they all came out at the same time about the same thing. How about we just wait and get it right instead right. of being first? You know, and, and it's hard to get on Adam Schefter for this because he got it right. I mean, he's mm-hmm. not wrong. Yeah, Tom Brady did retire, but just the timing of it, it seemed like. Tom Brady wasn't ready to announce it, but Adam Schefter had this inside source, so he's going to go ahead and release it. And I don't know if Tom Brady ever approved of it or not, but I don't know. I, it, it's just yeah. interesting to see how that reporting side works on if there's actually any blame to be cast for when something like this happens. Right. Like, is that the player's right to like be the first one to say that, or you know, there's no rules on it. It's all exactly. It's all kind of like just free speech. Yeah, it's free speech. It's that. Yeah, that's exactly. It's exactly how. You know, that's a fundamental of. Where I mean, we it's live. not like it's not like we're talking about, 
you know, a Supreme Court case or something no. like that. That has, the, their facts have to be kept confidential. It's sports, right? You know, if I know something, I'll release. You know, whatever how it works. And it, I would assume that, you know, had Brady, I don't know. It, it, I think Brady is a lot. Just like was probably irritated that he wasn't yeah. able to, you know, be the person to to announce that. And so just him kind of saying, "Well, I don't know yet." I, I think that was him just kind of being like. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna get some shade thrown your way because I'm not too happy with you. I think I also speculate that same, pers- that, that same principle yeah. that he wanted to do it on his own terms and he didn't get that chance to. You know, Big Ben came out and, with the video on his Twitter and his website, sponsored by the Steelers, with him and it's a video of him and his family reading a letter to Steelers fans in the NFL and whatever, and saying he's gonna walk off into the sunset. Tom Brady didn't get that the way he wanted to. Right. This situation kind of got out of control from him. And he had to release threads on Twitter. And th- I don't know if that's the way he wanted to do it, if it's right. the time he wanted to do it. but And at the same time, when you play for that long and you've you know won as much as he has, that's going to happen. Yeah. People so, are going to try to get that scoop on you. So is he the greatest of all time, speaking of how much he's no. won? Well, I mean, it depends on like how you measure greatness because football is the ultimate team sport. That's true. Without a doubt. You know, Rodgers' MVP season... Offense doesn't, you know, doesn't click the way it does. Special teams doesn't click the way it does, and they lose. So it is the ultimate team sport. You're 100% right when you say, what do you measure success by? Because if it's Do you measure by rings rings or do you measure it by individual talent? I mean, you're talking about the greatest of all time. You're talking about the most talented of all time. Yeah. Because if, you know, yeah, you're talking, you're talking rings, it's Brady. You're talking throwability, it's Rodgers. Correct. And, you know, I think it's gotten to the point in this debate socially where nobody makes that argument against Rodgers like no one can say he's not good or he's right. not talented or he's not a leader because everyone comes out and says they love playing with him they they he's a leader in the locker room Matt LaFleur says it he, I mean he guess he's supposed to because he's the right. coach but you can tell that he means it he's a leader in the locker room and he has an impact but the fact that Tom Brady has gone to eight Super Bowls won seven not to mention, I mean, he's played 22 seasons, so you could talk about if it's like stat padding here at this point, but he's thrown for over 84,500 yards in his career, thrown over 600 touchdowns, not to mention the, the playoff. I mean, you know, they throw but, up some of these graphics where he has more playoff wins than all these other teams have games in their yeah. franchise history or whatever. But then you also have players like Rodgers, who's the fastest to reach 400 touchdown throws, and it's like, is that better? You know, yeah. and, but then you also have, there's factors like I don't think Rodgers has ever really taken a team friendly deal. Brady's done that many times. Yeah. You know, it, it, so it, winning is definitely you're not you, you don't win you're not good. That's just a fact. So winning def- definitely plays a role in it. But at the same time, the question I always ask myself is if you're gonna start a team, okay, and salary's not a not a you know bother. There's no salary cap. You're taking Prime Rodgers or Prime Brady. Mm. To me, that's a no-brainer. Correct. Yep. But that's a, you know, the goat goat discussion is always interesting. You know, when I think about it, I like the way you think about it. Here's how I think about it. When you mention great quarterbacks, they always have that that one thing that you think about. Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions. John Elway threw the ball about 90 miles an hour. Dan Marino, tough as nails, yep. big guy, didn't win. Brett Favre, gunslinger, threw the gunslinger. I mean, threw the ball ninety miles an hour. Big Ben, 
tough. Tough. Never got hurt. I mean, he was always hurt, but yeah. he always just kind of played through it. Peyton Manning, that same type of deal. Just Didn't have the strongest arm. Brain. But the pre-game, or, or not pre-game, pre-snap. Well, I guess pre-game preparation, pre-snap yeah. analysis of the defense. Just nobody was better at it. Right. And when you think of Tom Brady, what's his thing? What's the one thing that you think about when you think Tom Brady? I guess you can make the argument for leadership. You can make the argument for winning. Mm-hmm. I think that's what his thing was, winning. Right. I mean, he was just a winner. And Manning is a Peyton Manning is a great example. I mean, are you going to say that his ability to throw is significantly worse than Brady and that he's a less of a brain than Brady is at a game? You know, like, are you taking prime Brady or prime Peyton Manning? To Ooh, me, that's that's like, a good question. It, you take you take Manning. I, I, take. I take Manning. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not. And again, I'm not saying Brady's a bad quarterback, but he's not. He's not like a. Um, and I know LeBron is always an interesting, you know, discuss, discussion about goat. But yeah. there's no doubt that he's been crazy good. And just like from high school, he's lived up to that expectation. And to me, Brady's not like wow. Yeah, he's that good because. I'm not a huge LeBron fan, but I can acknowledge that he's freakishly good. He's good. And Brady is too, but he's not like head and toes above Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know, when you sit, we sit here and talk about winning and he's done all this and he's a leader. He's 44 years old and he it's between him and Aaron Rodgers for the MVP this year. I mean, he's putting up an MVP mm-hmm. campaign, statistics and all, as a 44-year-old in his 22nd season. There's, there's got to be something to yeah. be said about that. I no mean, weapons either. <laughs> Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, Gronk. Yeah, I, I mean, Fournette. he does have Ron, Antonio Brown. Ronald Jones. Leonard Fournette. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I mean, like, but also... Can't help but feel bad for him. It's... I, I guess yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But, you know, it, Ryan Tannehill out in Tennessee has A.J. Brown. He has Derrick Henry. He has Julio yeah. Jones, and, and he's not and, putting up MVP campaigns. No, and they dealt with injury, and, and he did pretty well still, too. Like, they didn't play horribly. Yeah, uh, but the Tom comparison Brady, they're is. making is he's not putting up an MVP caliber season with all-stars around him like Tom Brady is. So I guess there is that upper echelon of Tom Brady, and I Man, mean, he's just Tom freaking Brady. What if you put Tom Brady on uh, on the Titans? Mm. Uh, that'd be a winning team. Yeah, it would def- they would definitely win mm-hmm. a lot more. What what if you put Tom Brady on the Packers? They would definitely win. That's <laughs> you put, without a doubt. And you put and you put Aaron Rodgers on the Buccaneers. Not well, losing the game. <laughs> How about the Buccaneers just become this hub for players who can't win their second ring or a first ring and they just come there and they win? <laughs> it happened. It's like what the Broncos are, basically. See, and I, I I hate to have this conversation now at this point of the episode because we're done talking about Packers and Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, talking about Aaron Rodgers' future, I just have to mention, just spur-of-the-moment thought here, Peyton Manning did it, where he went to a second franchise, second mm-hmm. organization, and got that ring he was looking for. Tom Brady went to a second franchise, second organization, and got that next Super Bowl ring so people couldn't say, well, it was all uh, Belichick or it was all the Patriots and, because he went to another organization and did it. Does Aaron Rodgers need to do that same thing where he finds that second franchise, maybe the Denver Broncos, similar to Peyton Manning, and he gets that second ring he's looking for? Part of me kind of wants him to go off and like try to win another ring. See? and I Yes, I, but no. But I mean, at the same time, the, the Packers fan of me wants to be like, I want to have him because I just know that <laughs> having him, solely him, is going to win 
three, mm, at least three fourths, if not sixty percent of the NFC North games. Correct. You know, and it's the football fan in you wants to see Aaron Rodgers get another ring. Yeah. Get to another Super Bowl. Because that's what Manning Manning got his hurdle. second with Denver, right? Yeah. And the first with Indianapolis. Right. Drew Brees never did that. He didn't get his second ring. He stayed with he stayed with the Saints. Mm-hmm. Manning, he's a different story. But I you know, he stayed with the same organization, got that second ring. But you know, look at Phillip Rivers. Went to a second organization, didn't get a ring, but went to the playoffs with the Colts. Look at Brett Favre. Didn't get that second ring. But came close to it with the mm-hmm. Vikings against the Saints. And speaking of Brett Favre, I mean, when I, when I, you know, the young kid in me, when I, when I saw him leave to New York, I didn't want him to win a single game for the rest of his career. I was like, <laughs> forget this dude. Yeah, that was the same. I can, I can't stand him seeing an, playing for another organization. But the football fan is like, this kid, this guy is kid. This kid, <laughs> this fifty-year-old this who's you're looks thinking of that when you're like great. ten years old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This guy has made you love football, mm-hmm. so you want to see him get another ring, right? And you know, through my childhood watching Aaron Rodgers, it's like the football fan in me wants to see him get another ring. But if he ever went to play for another organization, I would just want that organization to not win a game ever. Yeah, you know, I I want. <laughs> It's an interesting dynamic. <laughs> if we're talking ideally here and he gets traded, I don't want to have any sort of like negative attachment to that. That So I can like root for them. <laughs> yes. Because there's no way if he gets traded to like, I don't, don't want to put it out there. Uh, I know. Just anywhere that like I don't yes. like. It's just. Oh. Well, I mean, Brett Favre did it. Yeah. Yeah. Goes and plays in purple for the rest of his career. And he plays not three years there. And yeah. he adds that jersey to his Hall of Fame locker. Yeah. Come on, man. And. I guess, Golly. yeah, it tainted it. It tainted his career. He's no longer the, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's just sucked after that. Yeah, it's a it's a yeah, fun dynamic to observe as a fan, just to see how, you know, a change of scenery like that can really yep. change. Just how you know, that, that, that players, I mean. that, yeah, and and there's another factor to consider on the Rogers side of thing, and with Brady too. He went Brady went to a team that he knew that he's going to work well with Bruce Arians. He knows mm-hmm. that he's the kind of coaching yeah. style that's going to bring, you know, a winning environment. And so to factor in that, the Packers have gone thirteen and three in three years. But also Lafleur, Nathaniel Hackett, who's yeah, been part of those but, thirteen and three years. But you can't deny that Lafleur is is a brain. No, I'm not doing that at all. He's a brain. Yes, and, and 100% that whole agree. staff is. I mean, that's not solely Lafleur, and so Hackett is a part of that. It's the next Sean McVay, where you know his assistant coaches are going yep. getting jobs left yep. and right because it's Sean McVay, it's Matt mm-hmm. Lafleur. But now Nathaniel Hackett has this knowledge, has this experience of yep. coaching under Lafleur. They knew each other when Matt Lafleur wasn't a head coach, when he was still just an offensive coordinator. So they've worked together for years and years now, and now Nathaniel Hackett's the head guy out in Denver. I mean, so that's someone that Aaron Rodgers can go out there and jibe with. Young wide receivers. He's a West Coast boy as it is. Yeah. Why don't we? Saying. Why don't we? What if this to to death? Yeah. What Let's if just we just going. go a four hour show? And what if this? What if that? Play out exactly how it, you know how See, we think it could work. What if he went to Atlanta? All right. <laughs> okay. That's a good uh, a good topic to turn to because yeah, I never like showing bias. It's just something I, I I don't like doing that. I like keeping things neutral. But we are from a Wisconsin market, so. You know, it's okay to talk about that, I feel like, and, and get that out there that, mm-hmm. you know, this is the perspective we're coming from. Speaking of being from a Wisconsin market, our new segment, which I advertise in the open, Wisconsin Sports Team Highlight. I'm going to pick a sports team. I, again, we're not going to do this every show, 
But when we do have it in the show, it's just going to be that much more special. Fun one. Could be UWGB basketball. Could be, you know, Packers. Could be Brewers. Could be Will dunking on Tony in the mini hoop. Could be the mini hoop basketball that we play here in Tony G Studios where, you know, Will McCormick got crossed up and lost 21-0. You know, yeah, we, who knows? Happen. This first segment of a Wisconsin team sports highlight. Wisconsin sports team highlight. I'll work with the name. Yeah. The Wisconsin Badgers men's basketball is off to a tremendous year in a season where I did not think that they were going to be this impressive. They are sitting at an impressive 17-3 and overall, 8-2 and in conference play. They are tied for the second best conference record at 8-2 and with Illinois, the Fighting Illini. So they're at the top of the Big Ten Conference. In a year where I didn't think that they were going to they were going to be this impressive. I thought they were going to float over 500. You know, not many people knew what to make of Johnny Davis. Not many people knew what to make of Brad Davison coming back. He's like 45 now. He's doing the Tom <laughs> Brady thing. Now, you know, not too many people knew what to do with Tyler Wall or uh, Chucky Hepburn as well, what type of year they were going to have. But they're jiving well. All these guys are kind of mixing and mingling together and playing some great, great basketball. And I do have to mention some of these names that I did just mention. Johnny Davis. I mean, he's a top player in the NCAA. I mean, he really is. Yeah. He's got the shot. He's got the quickness. He's got the instinct. I mean, he is just a natural basketball player. And how lucky Wisconsin is to just kind of stumble on this guy having, mm-hmm. you know, one heck of an incredible college basketball season. If players like that are really the glue oh, 100%. Would keep, would, which keeps a team like that together. Mm-hmm. You have solid players, but you need one of those guys that just just finds plays, and yeah. he and he's that guy for this team. See, it's you know as much as it, as it is Johnny Davis, who by the way, Tony G does his homework, first one this season, mm-hmm. leading the team in points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, steals per game, <laughs> <laughs> twenty one so and a half points per game, eight rebounds, two and a half assists, averages a steal a game, just over one point three. So he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, other names that I want to mention here, again, Brad Davison, now the all-time leader in three-pointers. He just did that recently for the Badgers. He's like the super senior. This is like his ninth year, I think 10th. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, of course, but he's he's been around forever, and he's really one of the leaders of this team. If he if you take out Brad Davison, I mentioned these three names because you take out any one of these pieces, this is not this is going to be a shell of the Badgers team. Oh, yeah, yeah. Johnny Davis will still have a good game without Brad Davison, but it's – are they going to win? You know, so these three names are really guys who have stood out to me. Johnny Davis, Brad Davison. You take Brad Davison out of here. Say he graduates and doesn't want to play another year. He wants to, you know, try out G League or overseas or just get a, uh, you know, a regular job with his degree or whatever. Say he wants to do that. This team is not the team that it is. Yeah, that's without a doubt. And I know that people make this comparison a lot, but looking back to, you know, the Sam Decker team. Kaminsky, they had a couple players that if they weren't there, yeah. that team would not role have made it. Role yeah, not, you know, Brad Davison's more than a role player. He's not exactly. a six man off the bench. But, but but they're stars in what they do. Yes, in their in their assigned role in yeah. the team. And without them, that team is not the same. Yeah. You know, Bronson Koenig is a great example. Josh Gasser, someone who's not you're not who's not going to be, you know, someone you think of with the Sam Decker. Frank Kaminsky era, but someone who really played that role. And yep. I, I think Brad Davison is more than that. Brad Davison is the has the name power. Right. But I get what you're saying. He's someone whose role 
and the ability he has in that role just it means so much to this team. Mm-hmm. Another player that I want to mention, and you know, I could go a lot of different directions here with with mentioning names, but I am going to mention Tyler Wall uh, and his importance because it feels like you know he was out for a game recently against Michigan State, and it felt like that game was over early. It felt like that game was over before it ever got going. Michigan State's one of the top teams in the country, and you felt like if you're going to win that game, you got to be at full strength. They weren't, you know, it, it, the Badgers, their three losses, they weren't at full strength for, besides Ohio State. But then they came back and beat Ohio State. Right. You know, when they played here in, in Wisconsin. Lose to Providence, Johnny Davis didn't play. Lose to Michigan State, Tyler Wall was out. So that's why I mentioned these three names, because if they're – out of the lineup, then this team is a shell of who they are. You know, and I mean it's a fair shooting team. I right, mean, this is a good. They have uh, good plays. I think they. I, I like the defense that they play. I think that they're really efficient in some of the things they do. They also, you know, there, there's certainly part aspects of their game that they could clean up. But I mean, I'll, I'll show you later at the, uh, on the mini basketball <laughs> okay. here in Twenty G Studios. I'll tell you what I'm talking about when I say they could clean things up. But I think. That the job they've done and the job Greg Gard has done as a head coach, incredibly. I, I remember saying, I remember asking for Greg Gard to be fired in the 2017, yeah. 2018, 2019 seasons where it seemed like they weren't getting the same magic of Bo Ryan. They were losing recruits. They weren't playing as clean. They were turning the ball over a lot. And I thought that it was a Greg Gard problem. Greg Gard starting to get some recruits. Wisconsin sticks with him. And now this is a team that's submitting an incredible resume to win the Big Ten Conference this year. All right. Yeah. Interesting to see what and, happens. Right. It, you know, typical Big Ten's fashion. It's very, very fundamental. They're really good at certain aspects, and they're, you know, they, they've kind of missed that, like, flashiness of, mm-hmm. like, they're a, scrappy a Duke. Team. But it's a scrappy team. It's a formula that works. Mm-hmm. So hard to deny it. Well, I mean, you think about some of their wins, you know, the Texas a think all the way back to the Maui Invitational to start the season, beating Texas A&M, beating Houston, yeah, beating St. Mary's. I mean, they were all scrappy wins, mm-hmm. and it just seemed like that's the type of game that they play. The Purdue win, huge game. Watch that uh, at a friend's house. Shout out to Ben and the, and the boys there. But watch that with them, and I thought that, that's the same thought. It's a scrappy team winning scrappy games. Almost like the Green Aaron Rodgers does that same thing with the Packers where a scrappy right. team winning sca- scrappy games. The Badgers are that same makeup. You know, they're not going to be beating teams. Even the Maryland win when they had that. You know, they're not going to be beating teams by 20 points, 30 points, playing top teams in the country and taking them to the wire. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they kind of are with the Michigan State and stuff like that. But I think that they're a team that – at could large. definitely make a run when you look at tournament time. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm debating if I want to say anything Let's for not. jinx purposes. Let's not. On what round I'm predicting they get to. Let's not. They're going to get to the Elite Eight. Oh, Tony. I'm saying Tony. they're going to get to the Elite Eight. I'll counteract it and say <laughs> that they're not going to make it out of the 32. Round of 32. <laughs> the round of 32. They're going to win a game and then get bounced. So let's hope I'm wrong. Okay. Let's hope they get in. See, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> let's, hope, let's hope they don't lose every game from here on out. 
I mean, this is a team that could potentially win the conference. I mean, when you get mm-hmm. into – look at some of the teams that they're going to play when they get into conference tournament. Purdue, they've beaten them. Ohio State, they've beaten them. Indiana, Rutgers, they've beaten them. Michigan State is one that scares me. Illinois is still one that scares me. But if you get a bounce to go your way, if you don't have a turnover in the second half or you know a missed a, a, a run of like five minutes where you don't hit a three against those teams like they've had in the past where they had to fight back Texas A&M, Maryland, then this is a team that can make a run of the conference. And once they get into the tournament, I say Elite Eight. They're going to play some scrappy teams and get some scrappy wins as yep. well. What do you think of my announcer jinx on uh, the first episode of the season? Mm. <laughs> Not too happy. I, lo- I love the look. He's like, ah, well. I try to counteract it. You mm-hmm. know, be the balance, the anchor. I see that. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm just too radical. Radical optimism. <laughs> That's what it is. <sighs> That'll do it for our first episode of this season. Fun one. 24 left before we call it quits. I did the last, like, 20 minutes standing, too. I feel you pretty did. good. You stood up. Yeah. yeah. I think it was more than 20. It's been, like, 35, 40 minutes. I feel pretty good, actually. I think it's because I've been sitting for, like, literally seven hours I mean, today at my computer. school and stuff like that. I mean, the eyes are just fried looking at computer screens mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it's good to be back. Good to be back in uh, season. And uh, I can't wait to see what we do this, this year. Yeah. Got some fun stuff lined up and just... I already got some Enjoy interviews it. rolling through. Didn't do anything for the January series. I caught COVID, so I wasn't going to do anything going. Oh, you did. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, well, that's good to know. I feel, yeah. I feel safer now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, that's the thing, and we're running short on time here in this episode. But I'm joking, of course, when I say all this. But I get out of COVID. You know, get out of quarantine. Mom had it too. We're both okay. We're both doing good. I feel. You know, they say like you can go 90 days without getting tested or whatever. You might right. not catch it for an extended period of time. I feel like I could just go around licking doorknobs and like <laughs> bottom of shoes and be like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I feel pretty invincible right now. Better knock on wood. Another yeah, drink. I know. I know. <laughs> I love, I, I just love doing that to myself for whatever reason. Oh boy. Yeah. That'll do it. Season right. eight, episode one in the books. Hey, Will, yeah. 24 left, man. That's already too few (laughs) i feel that for will mccormick i'm tony g check out more from the tony g show and myself tony g at tonygnation.com follow us on twitter willis5312 tony g nation on twitter thanks for tuning in thanks for helping us kick off yet another season here's the season eight the final season of the tony g show